Another great interview for you guys today on TYT Interviews. Walter Jones, he's an actor, uh, and you might recognize him as the Black Power Ranger, because that's who he is. Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Uh, but I want to ask you, Walter, about whether you get recognized as such. I get recognized regularly, uh, daily, for the Power Rangers, which is pretty incredible because it was 22 years ago when the show came out, when we did the show. Uh-huh. Um, but, yeah, I get recognized on a daily basis. <laughs> That's amazing. Isn't it, it is. Power of television. Well, the thing is, is, it was a kid show, and it was like probably the biggest kid show ever in history. And uh, and now those kids are adults with kids of their own, and mm-hmm. the show's still running, so they're watching the show as well. So they're watching the old shows uh, when you were on it. Yeah, they uh, Netflix put out the entire series, so you can uh-huh. watch from 1993 till now. And, uh-huh. Yeah, so at least people start at the beginning. So... I, of course, as we always do here, I, I'm curious about your background, how you got to be the Black Power Ranger, okay. and then what that meant, etc. <laughs> right? So you're an actor, you're a dancer, you do salsa dancing, you dance at the '92 Olympics, yeah, you know, was, uh, in the opening ceremonies, right? Yep. So closing ceremonies, closing ceremonies. Yes. Okay, uh, because you're a closer. Right, that's I'm what you are. Right. Gotta make that. Uh, and then there's apparently a con- con- uh, controversy about whether the Black Power Rangers should have been black. That's interesting. <laughs> so we'll do all that. But let's start at the beginning. Okay. okay wh- Where did you grow up? I, I was born and raised in Detroit, Michigan. Um, okay. Yeah, a good place to be from. You know, uh-huh. when people say when people, I tell people I'm from Detroit, Michigan, they go, "Oh yeah, okay." Uh-huh. It's a Detroit. serious town. Yeah, yeah Detroit. Yeah. But uh, yeah, born born and raised there. Uh, grew up in a single family household. Me, um, my mom, my sister, my dad, and mom divorced when I was young. So I was the man of the house, mm-hmm. took care of business, you know. And uh, it was an interesting, uh, it was an interesting life. Growing so up. growing up, you thought clearly I'm going to be a Power Ranger. <laughs> of course, yeah. I mean, they weren't existing yet. Well, actually, in Japan they were. The show ran for 20 years in Japan before it came here. So uh, did you watch cartoons when you were a kid? Of course. What, what yeah. cartoons did you watch? I Woody the Woodpecker, Flintstones, oh, yeah. Popeye the Sailor Man. Yeah, I did it you all. Know, uh, there were a number of other cartoons that I watched, but those were, you know, all Looney Tunes stuff and yeah. Mickey Mouse. Woody Woodpecker, a little obnoxious. Just a bit. Let's just you know, keep it real on that. Let's keep it 100 on that. <laughs> yeah, he's that. Okay. Yeah, he's, he's got his thing. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, how in the world did it occur to you growing up in Detroit uh, to become an actor? Well, I don't know. My my dad was a minister. Okay. Part one, right? Okay. So my dad was a minister, so he was always in front of people speaking and, and singing, and he was loud and boisterous and had a laugh that was contagious, and, and I thought that was very charismatic. So uh, when it came to speaking up in class, if you want to read the, you know, the, the passage, I would raise my hand and, and did plays in church, and eventually I started doing community theater, you know, uh, mm-hmm. in Detroit, and... Uh, yeah, I joined the drama class in my drama club in uh, in high school, and my senior year we went to a thespian conference uh, uh-huh. at Ball oh, State. I, I didn't University. know you rolled that way. Okay. Now thespian, thespian, oh, thespian. Yes, okay, thespian, right, right. right, right. You have okay. to say it with a certain enunciation. Okay. Um, gotcha. Yeah, thespian conference, and I auditioned for uh, twenty colleges, did a monologue, and you know, lo and behold, I got a scholarship to three. So, oh, that's great. Yeah. So, so where'd you wind up going? I went to a school of performing arts in San Diego called United States International University School of Performing and Visual Arts. That's a long name. It is a long name. I had yeah. to take a big breath. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you go there. Then did you catch a break there? Did you move to L.A. eventually? What happened next? Well, I, I studied uh, musical theater, singing, dancing, and acting. Uh, 
And and from there, I went on to to work in like theme parks. I worked at SeaWorld for a number of years, uh, and then I, I traveled on cruise ships. Go ahead. Were you the whale, the seal? Which... And, well, me and Shamu were cool. We hung out. <laughs> okay. You know? was like, but now he I, didn't I, eat you. He he did not. Thank okay. God. But he did slap somebody on on top of their back while I was there, which was like, whoa, what's going on? You know. Uh-huh. And and to look and see what was going on now is like, wow, that's what was going on. Okay. So let's stay there for a second. Kidding aside, like okay. that, like keeping it real. Again, uh, when you're trying to be an actor, you got to take whatever job you can, right? And and so when you work at these attractions, were you just working as a just like hey at the ticket gate, or are you doing a performance? No, no, I was I was always an entertainer. So singer, dancer, actor. I played a character named Ko. Uh, who was a boxer from the Bronx? You know, we talk like this. Hey, hey, my name is Ko. You know, and this whole thing. And uh, and we, you know, it, we come out as all these characters in this neighborhood. It was called City Streets, was the name of the show. And then it would turn into a musical. All of a sudden, we start singing and dancing, and people are doing flips, and there's skateboard tricks, and there's bicyclists, and uh-huh. you know, whole show. So, and one day, an agent shows up, sees you as Ko in SeaWorld, and says, "That's it. That's not it. Not even uh, close. No. no okay. No. So." <laughs> That's the thing I'm always curious with actors, right? Uh, right? Which is how in the world do you break out? What is the journey, right? Right. Well, for me, it was it was having a number of skills. I mean, that, that benefited me. Um, being a martial artist, do, being able to do gymnastics, having a dance capability, uh, and and singing. You know, it put me in musical theater. Uh, from there, I, I worked on cruise ships, so I traveled around the world on, on cruise ships, princess. Cruise lines for about three years, mm-hmm. uh, and then I got off of that. And said, "Let me pursue Hollywood because I know it's a dream and a passion of mine." Got off uh, ships and start trying to work in L.A., which is difficult, uh, especially when you're a newcomer and you don't have an agent or anything. So I, I went through the process of getting an agent, you know, submitting photos and uh, my resume, which was mostly theater. But mm-hmm. I, I was picked up by an agency and. Uh, Started working at Universal the- Universal Studios to pay the bills. A couple of uh-huh. shows there. Beautiful Juice Grave, I reviewed Wild West Stunt Show. And uh-huh. uh, American Tale, probably my worst job ever. It was, was <laughs> Why? A, Why was it your worst I was job? a dancing mouse. I was, uh, ah. yeah, I was in one of those big costumes with a huge head, dancing. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, right. 90 okay. degree weather. Yeah. yeah. Bless your heart, man. You yeah. got to do what you got to do. You, you hustle. It's, it's all about that's, hustling. Yeah, you know? that's right. Uh, my agent called me one day and said, hey, you got this audition for this show. It's a kid's show. It's a non-union. It's called The Power. It was actually, it's called uh, Dino Thunder. And, you know, they want you uh-huh. to be a superhero. It was like, all right, that's cool. They need somebody who can sing, dance. I mean, they, they can uh, dance, do martial arts and gymnastics, and obviously an actor. So I was like, okay, I can do that. So, yeah, that's right. See, being versatile super helped you there. It definitely helped right. me. You, you can do Taekwondo, right? I, uh, I've done some Taekwondo. I have a belt. I'm belted in Hapkido and Ishinru. Uh-huh. So, okay, you uh, lost me there, but that's cool. Yeah. So, like, like my bottom line message though is, don't mess with you. Uh, yeah, I, I could, I could hurt somebody, <laughs> but, but I wouldn't. I mean, that's the you thing. You wouldn't. I mean, that's the thing about a Power Ranger is that you, you know, you learn how to control your power. Well, that's that's the thing about being a martial artist is you learn to, to control yourself. I mean, if some mm-hmm. guys bothering you, you can, you know, you you can stand defensively and wait for him to make a mistake, and then you right. attack. I'm gonna. I'm skipping around here for a okay. second. I'm gonna come back to the Power Rangers in a sec. Go. But uh, in Detroit, did you ever have to jujitsu anybody? I know you didn't say you did that, but anyway. So <laughs> <laughs> jujitsu, they they all fall in the same thing. Yeah, the, the whatever, um, right? You know, I I did not. Um, mm-hmm. The benefit of martial arts was the fact that you 
you have self-control, you're self-reliant, you have uh, ability to walk away because they teach you not to strike somebody. They teach you, you have weapons, you have weapons in your hands, you know how to hurt somebody, mm-hmm. and so don't do it. So I would get put in a position where I was about to have to fight. I mean, I, there were some times where I had to control someone, you know, mm-hmm. put them in a position where they couldn't move and let them go and go, you need to walk away because next time I'm going to hurt you. And then they oh, that's do that. so badass. Right? Oh, that's so cool. Okay, all right. That's yeah, even right? better, right? Yeah. In general, I could just kind of say, you know, if you're going to do something, do something. And uh, if they didn't hit me, I'd just walk away because right. there's no reason for me to hang out and wait, you know. Yeah, so. yeah. See, you and I, I think, are a similar age. That's We're from the old school where, you know, you'd have confrontations like that. These days, you get into a confrontation like that, Detroit, L.A., it doesn't matter. Somebody's going to shoot you. Shoot right? or stab, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, uh but back in the day, we we do fisticuffs. Yeah, yeah, you would. You do you throw some throw some puns, some fists. right. And which I always thought to be like, okay, it's stupid either way, and you shouldn't do it. But at least like it's that's really inappropriate and unacceptable thing for me to say. But uh, it's more manly. Like what? Like stabbing someone, shooting someone. What's the manly part of that? Yeah, Anybody right. can you, do that. A kid can do it. Exactly. Right? right. So anyway, you shouldn't get into violence, but. No. In your case, knowing those martial arts wound up helping you in your career because they asked you to do a role where that might be relevant. So you go to the audition. At that point, do you have any idea how big this could be? Uh, No, no. In fact, I I don't even know if it's going anywhere at all. It it really was kind of like really cheesy Mm -hmm. and and not very good. You know, the script was like the lines were very hokey and... and, uh, we did the pilot uh, after going through the casting process, which was long. Uh, we did the pilot, and I took it home and showed it to my family, and they were like, that's nice. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, you know, that's a, it's a nice little stepping stone. You know, it'd be good. I, I was, you know, I was scheduled to do 40 episodes, so I figured at the very least I would get my teeth wet as being an actor on television and yeah. knowing how to work the cameras and so forth and so on. Um, but then it blew up, and it's in 40 countries around the world, and 22, year later, 22 years later, here we are, still running. So um, when you when they said to you, okay, hey, congratulations, you made it on, uh, you're going to be Black Power Ranger. Um, we were like, whoa, 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 why not Yellow Power Ranger? What's going on here? <laughs> well, actually, when I auditioned in the, in the script, I was, uh, the character name was Zach. I actually had no idea what Ranger I was going to be until I saw the pilot, and I was like, oh, I'm... Okay, I'm the one. I'm the Black Ranger. Okay, that's uh-huh. cool. I mean, I, I like the costume. It's cool. It works. Uh-huh. You know? Yeah. But um, at the time, the Yellow Ranger was a Latina, and the Red Ranger was like a Native American, jock. obviously. Not, not, no, no, not Native American, right? Hey, people thought that though, but he was a white guy, and you know, uh-huh. the, Dave, the, the Blue Ranger was a white guy, the you know Pink Ranger was a white girl, so it was not really a big deal. I mean, I, I was kind of like I'm the black actor in the Black Ranger costume, but yeah, you know, I'm, I was cool with it. Well, let me ask you because that later people were, you know, I don't know to what degree, but like some people are like, well, is that racial? Yada yada. I don't know what even that means, but They're racist. Right? Okay, uh, so, but for the guys auditioning for your role, were they all black? Oh yeah. Everyone, oh okay, so yeah. the Black Power Ranger was always going to be black. Uh, well, again, we were auditioning for Zach, so. Uh huh. But what the way it was explained to me is. In the Japanese footage, the Red Ranger and the Black Ranger were like buddies, and they were always together. And the Red Ranger was the leader, the Black Ranger was the second leader. The Blue Ranger was a little softer. So 
and our script. Oh, really? The oh, Blue you're Ranger was. You're gonna do the Blue Power Ranger like that? Well, you're gonna call him soft like that? <laughs> he was All a little right, softer. He wasn't as he wasn't as rough and tumble, I guess. Okay. He wasn't the leader. He mm-hmm. wasn't a leader. But he ended up being the brains. He was the the brilliant one. He was the you know the the one that wore glasses and kind of like the nerdy guy. Mm-hmm. That wasn't gonna be me. I wasn't mm-hmm. gonna be. And at the time, I wasn't gonna be the leader either, right? So where else was it gonna fall? Oh, that's, Black Ranger, that's, that's right? interesting. Okay, yeah. second in charge. Not bad, not bad, though. Yeah. Could have been wor- wor- worse. I, I mean, could have been. Yeah. You know, right? Spock's a good role. <laughs> exactly. Number yeah. two. I'll be number two. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so uh, did uh, somebody told me that the yellow Power Ranger was Asian. Did that ever happen? She, and after the pilot, the girl that was hired asked for more money and was immediately fired. And so, they, yeah, it was, it was like that. It was a, it's a non-unit contract, and uh, if you want money, you, you're not going to get it, so... They let her go. <laughs> wow, I want to come back to that in a second. Yeah. Okay. They, so then they replaced her with... Uh, they replaced her with Tree Trang, who was uh, Vietnamese, and uh-huh. it was amazing, perfect for the part. Uh-huh. She brought to the cast a, like a zen quality, which we didn't uh-huh. have mm-hmm. in the pilot, um, which was needed because, you know, everybody, it, it softened us, meaning, yeah. you know, we had all this martial arts, we're beating up putties and, and facing bullies and so forth and so on, but she was the one to kind of go, all right, bring, bring everything down, let's find our center. And let's be calm about it, you know, which okay. was good. Yeah, I had to mix up the colors a little bit, but that's okay. Yeah. Everybody's got their thing. So you never had a problem, though, with the color? Or did no. you? I don't know. No, I never had any. I mean, the, the fact that the show was in 40 countries and I was a role model for millions of kids around the world made it so that I was, I didn't have a problem with it. Plus, you know, I, was, I was a superhero. It's not like I was... A bad guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah that totally. would have been weird. You know, oh, the Black Ranger is bad, he's evil, okay. You shoot that first year. Do you realize in the first year that it's blowing up? Like, is there a moment in episode 22 where you guys look around like, oh, my God, I think it's on? Well, we shot the majority. We shot the first season, like maybe half of the first season first, and it aired every day. It was on Monday through Friday and then Monday through Saturday. After the first week of it being on, it had already taken over as the number one hit show. It was the ratings were through the roof, and the producers were walking around whistling, going, ha ha, we have a number one hit show. Yeah. So uh, we didn't really know what that meant as far as the ratings and stuff was concerned. But uh, we had an event at Universal Studios, which was supposed to take place in one of their small little stadiums where they had the Wild West stunt show. And then they came back and said, you, you know, there was so much interest in seeing you guys that we had to change the venue from there to the Universal Amphitheater, which houses like, 5,000, I don't know, however many thousand people. And we were like, oh, wow, that's, that's pretty big. You know, this is where they have major concerts. Well, we get there to do it, and they inform us, actually, we're going to have to do six shows because the people want to see it that much. So we, we ended up doing six shows at Universal Studios. Uh, we backed up traffic. Tom Brokaw reported on the news. We stopped everything in Hollywood from Universal to downtown. It was just closed off all day. It was like... Then we really got a, a feeling of, oh, this is who we are. We're we're like pretty big right now. So okay, wow. So you guys shoot that first season. You realize it after Universal yes. and all this. Um, and then how many seasons have you did you shoot? I did two seasons, and then we got booked to do a film. Twentieth uh, Century Fox wanted to do the Power Ranger film, so mm-hmm. um, which was exciting. It's like okay, so we've. You know, we've we've, we've uh, garnered all this attention, and the show the show's successful. Uh, it continues to be non-union, first and second season, and here we're going to do a big film, a large film. And it was like, okay, we got the contracts, and they were still non-union. 
And it wasn't just for uh, the one movie. It was for three movies on Non-Union mm-hmm. with very little pay and another 40 episodes. And it was at that point, uh, me being one of the oldest people in the cast, that I, uh, me and some of the other cast members got together and said, we should at least speak to a lawyer before we sign the contracts right. and just find out what our options are. And, right. you know, at the very least, let's make it a union show because it yeah. should be a union show to make just to be fair. Right. And uh, in the process, uh, we negotiated and the negotiations went bad. Three stayed, three left. Uh, they did the film. We didn't. And we walked away from the show. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. And then how many more seasons did it go? It's still running. So the, and they just kept replacing the Rangers as things went on? Yeah. What, 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 what happened was I think some of the, the other Rangers that stayed went on to do three, five more seasons like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after that, they just started replacing the cast every year. So now the, the actors are no longer important. But, right. you know, the merchandise is what's important. And so... Yeah. Okay, so, you know, I, I had one of the writers and executive producers of Seinfeld on here a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Wow. And on Seinfeld, you know, he's done. He doesn't have to work again. <laughs> Ever. Yeah. yeah. So did you guys wind up getting royalties or anything? Like, did you, uh, are are you set for life? No. What's, what's the situa- situation? No, it, it, that's what's unfortunate about the show, about that situation was uh, the fact that it was non-union and it was unfair, but it was a contract we signed when we, when we first got there, being beginners, we, we didn't really have a choice. It was like, do it or don't do it. So we did it. And in the end, uh, no, there was no merchandise. I got comic books, toys, pogs, you know, sleeping bags, costumes. I got all kinds of stuff, pillowcases with my likeness and, you know, the character that I made popular. But I've never made anything off of it. Oh, I thought you meant like you got a piece of the action from all no, those sleeping bags. No. no, you literally got a sleeping bag. I got. I didn't even get that. I didn't even get <laughs> okay. the toys. I, oh, you know, wow. Yeah, wow. we weren't even given our toys. I, I had to buy them eventually at some point. Oh, my God. That's amazing. Jesus, Lord mercy. Okay, so uh, were you able to parlay that in, into other things? What happened I was. After I that? mean, the, the one great thing about doing that show is it did give us uh, a certain amount of fame. So I was able to leave that, uh, the show, and then join the union right away. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I ended up having my own show on Nickelodeon called Space Cases, which ran for a couple of seasons. Uh, and then Aaron Spelling, you know, picked me up to do a show of his, and I had to go because it's Aaron Spelling. You know, everything yeah. that Aaron Spelling touches is gold, but unfortunately we had a, a bad time slot, so that show didn't run for very long. So I mm-hmm. left my show which was kind of like uh, a Star Trek for kids, and I was the, you know, the, the lead actor in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was Captain Kirk, you know. Uh-huh. Uh, Harlan Band, which was amazing. It was fun, and a lot of fans loved it. Uh, we were the number two show on Nickelodeon. Um, mm-hmm. But our budget was three times that of the, of the number one show, Keenan and Kel, at the time. Oh, so yeah, yeah. When I kind of had feelings about going to Aaron Spelling, they just kind of wrapped it up and said, oh, we're done. The show stopped. Okay, now, but you've been on the Shield, Prime Suspects, CSI. Oh yeah, Family Matters, etc. So did it just go show to show from there on? Pretty much, pretty much. I mean, you know, the the industry is ebbs and tides. I mean, you go, you have ups and downs. And I've had times where I was working pretty regularly, and times where it was really slow. So, um, you know, but the way it, it works as an actor is you just keep throwing stuff at the refrigerator, and eventually something sticks. You know, hopefully it's something that that. You know, that is long-term. It's the so, living of, of, of an artist. 
It makes sense. How old were you when you were doing the Power Rangers? I was younger. Yeah. yeah. I, was, I was much younger. Yeah, and so at that <laughs> point, um, so it's a weird thing because I always ask the actors if they, if they got laid out of it. Okay. Uh, but, you know, you're doing a kid's show, so now I'm feeling kind of awkward. Well, I'm not uh, a kid anymore. So. Right. But so were there adult women who were like, oh, damn, you're the Black Power Ranger. Show me the kind of powers you got. Uh, that was not exactly the line I got. But, yeah, they, they understood that I was a Power Ranger. And, and you know, success always breeds attention. So, uh, yeah, I, I had my share of ladies that were interested I, however, was in a relationship and uh, ended up marrying. What a woman. have you done? What have you done? No, not I at the height of your fame. At you the get height married of my fame. That's what you think, but uh-huh. I didn't get married right away. But I was in a in a monogamous relationship for the majority of that no. time. Yeah, okay. and, and there were yeah, l- lots of missed opportunities. Oh, interesting. Well, see, it's hard to, and nobody knows, or you don't know while you're in the middle of it, and you're being a good guy, oh, yeah. and you're monogamous and stuff. But you don't know that that's gold at that point because it's right. harder to go back like 15 years later and be like, no, no, seriously, though, I was super famous. <laughs> I had the number one show on TV. Okay, dude, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 right, whatever. <laughs> right. I know. But, you know, I, I got to say that uh, it, uh, it, it, it's boded well for me. It's, mm-hmm. you know, it's uh, my, the success that I've garnered from that show and other shows uh, continues to work in my favor. Yeah, well, God bless. That's true. So, it, Speaking of that, let's talk a little bit about how it is to be a black actor in Hollywood. Is mm. there a, is there a difference, to, or you think white actor, black actor, it doesn't matter, or are there certain challenges? I, I think there's definitely a difference in the sense that there's less opportunity, One for one. Um, the choice of roles is typically different. I mean, it's, it's gotten better over the years, but I got 22 years in the industry. Uh, being a Power Ranger in the beginning was fortunate because I was a good guy. I was a hero. Mm-hmm. But after I left Power Rangers, I was often playing a bad guy. I was playing a gangster. I was playing a you know a murderer or somebody who was you know like that had bad intentions. And that's not necessarily what you want to play. I want to be a doctor. I want to be a lawyer. I want to be these other roles that were not. You want to be like Doctor Ben Carson. There you go. Uh, Maybe not. Maybe not. Okay, but something. <laughs> I would like play a role. You know, but hey, it, uh, something positive. It wasn't always available to me. And even now, uh, I think. Yeah, there are lots more roles and, and opportunities for black actors, but there's not a lot of uh, it's not a lot of black shows that are, are successful that are doing well. There was a period of time where there was uh, you know a network that had a number of black shows, but that's gone now. So mm-hmm. like WB had a, a whole string, a lineup of you know right. mainstream shows, and and they're all gone. So there's less work. So when there's a show like Empire on, are all the black actors in Hollywood like? It's go time. Well, you know, if, if you can get to it, it's not filmed here. And that's the other thing. It's like the industry has changed in the sense that, uh, one, you have A-list actors from film and television, film going to television now. So they're bumping everybody down. So now mm-hmm. you got, you know, uh, you have major television stars, uh, t- movie stars being guest stars on television shows. So it's made the industry difficult for mo- everyone. Especially black actors, I think. So where do they shoot Empire? Yeah. I Vancouver believe it's shot in uh, in either Atlanta. I think it's shot in Atlanta. It might be uh, shot in Detroit. It takes place okay. in Detroit, but I don't know if they're actually shooting there. I got you. All right. Yeah. And so that's interesting. Yeah, you, I don't think that a lot of people think about the different races and and uh, in terms of Hollywood and, and how it affects being an actor because, yeah, I mean, it's not just the stereotypes. It's, you know... When you're going to uh, cast a lead, 
it's unlikely that it'd be Asian, for example. Right. 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 So that makes it just so much harder for an Asian actor right. in a lot of ways. Absolutely. Right? Yeah, it's if you're not an the actor, stories you never that are think being told, it. right? The stories that are being told and that are catering to the masses are not always African American stories or or Asian stories or whatever. But right. um, but there are places for you know Africans or African Americans or or Asians to be used in different you know different projects. If, if you didn't become an actor, what do you think you would have done? Hmm. Well, uh, I probably would have been a cruise director. Oh. Because okay. when I was on cruise ships, I really enjoyed that work. I thought it was great. It was fun. I was traveling the world, and, and it was like a new adventure every weekend, every week. And you were, you know, in a different place. I loved it. Anything crazy happen uh, across the world? <laughs> crazy. Uh, well, yeah, I, I've had... I've had some interesting experiences, you know, and, and being uh, just a black individual and, and, and being around and, you know, in the world. I was in, I did a film in uh, Romania, mm-hmm. and uh, it was a horror film. And I was there, and I, I had a liaison. He was taking me out the first night, and he kind of said, listen, if somebody tries to sell you a gun or some Coke in the club, don't worry, it's just what they do here. And I was like, wow, oh, that's, okay. that's kind of different I was, okay that's weird they sell guns in the club and like yeah I'm like they never did that in detroit that's you know that's <laughs> this is serious okay yeah. and uh and so we went to a club and you know all of a sudden the guy that i was with he was a white guy he was dancing on the floor you know he's american he's doing his thing mm-hmm. and he looks down and there's a red dot on his chest and he freaks out and i'm like okay somebody's messing with you man it's just a laser Right. Mess with you, but my liaison starts talking to this guy in the back of us who's at the table with a bunch of girls, and they start arguing. And he looks at us and he said, "We have to go." So uh-huh. apparently, this guy wasn't happy that we're there. So we leave. I'm thinking, "Okay, that's negative. It's kind of weird." Uh, we go to another club. They won't let us in, and but they're letting everybody in. It goes, "It's a private club only. You have to be a member." I'm like, "Well, nobody's showing a card," and he's like, "Well, you can't come in." So, I'm like, okay, that's odd. I feel bad. I'm like, "This is weird. I can't go anywhere." The next night, I decided to go out on my own. Mistake. I uh, mm-hmm. take a cab to a bar that is a, uh, a English club, English pub. I'm thinking, okay, English pub, maybe some English people, yeah. I don't know. Uh, and I go there, and I walk up, and, and there's an old man at the bar, and he just looks up, and he sees me, and he goes, black nigga. Oh, I'm my like, God. Damn. Whoa. What's, oh, yeah. What? What? You know, and uh-huh. he says it again. He's yelling even louder. And the, the waitress goes, I'm sorry, sorry, is this gentleman bothering you? I'm like, in fact, he is. And she's like, I'm sorry, there's nothing we can do. He's a regular patron here. He's been drinking all day. You know, maybe you could just move to the other side of the bar. So I get up and walk away. He follows me, grabs my back, I turn around, smack his hand off and push him. I'm like, you need to leave me alone. I need mm-hmm. you to back up. Mm-hmm. And uh, all of a sudden, two other guys stand up in the back of the bar. And I'm like, okay, this is not good. I'm in the middle of Romania. I don't know where I'm at. It's a neighborhood bar, it turns out. Uh-huh. And uh, I'm like, I you were you about to Bucharest in peace? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I, exactly. So I, um, I tell my friend we got to go. So we're leaving, and uh, a guy goes, "Hey, you need a cab?" I'm like, "Yeah." So we're walking outside, and uh, there's three guys standing outside talking. One of the three guys looks up and sees us walking out, following this guy, and he starts talking to him, and they start arguing. All this arguing. What's going on? So the guy goes, come on. And the other guy goes, hey, do you need a cab? And I'm like, uh, we already hired this guy. He's going to take us back. And he's like, don't go with him. He's with them. Mm-hmm. And I, went, I looked at the guy. He went, I went, yeah, we'll go with you. 
So okay. I went with the, the one of the three guys. He took us home. But if I got in that cab with that guy, mm-hmm. they would have taken us somewhere. And, you know, who knows? I mean. Jesus, I'd Lord have mercy. Been, so that's really scary. That scared, that scared, you know, that scared me a lot because I, I thought, I, I don't know. I've done nothing to anyone. All I did was walk into this bar with a smile on my face. Yeah. And I've already been targeted to, to be, you know, ambushed. Yeah, Eastern Europe uh, is nothing to play with. Uh, I mean, there, so I was I knew a guy who uh, was driving through Bulgaria, and his okay. friend tells him, whatever you do, do not stop in Bulgaria. Mm. And But it gets to be nighttime, he needs some gas, he gets some gas, goes to trying to find a, a hotel to stay in. Next thing you know, boom, they jack him. Uh, they break his fingers uh, wow. to get the keys out of his hand. I mean, and they, the story goes downhill from that. So Eastern Europe, you got to watch yourself a little bit. Got to right? be careful, yeah. Yeah, and in Germany, this was really a long time ago, at least three decades ago, um, maybe longer. Uh, but I, I knew a Turkish guy who told me this story that they used to hire the Turks to be bouncers at the clubs to keep black guys out. Really? Yeah. And so they used the Muslims. To keep the blacks out, wow. okay, while they discriminate against both. Yeah. So, but I, I find the story really interesting because I think that if, if, you, if you grow up not black, you know, like it would never occur to you that you'd have more trouble abroad than a white person would. Right. Right? Right. Right? Like, I, it didn't even occur to me, and I cover issues all the time on yeah. the show. Like, that, hey, the guy in Romania is going to say black and going to use the N-word, and that's somehow going to lead to a situation where you almost get kidnapped in yeah. the back of a taxi's trunk. And, you know, right? I, I didn't expect that myself. I didn't know. And it, on the good side of things, I met some people on the film uh, who were working there, and they, and they become great friends, and I ended up hanging out with them. They took me all around the city, introduced me to their friends who were normal, Nice people. Right. You know, right. No, of course. And I know issues, yeah. Executive producer at the Young Turks is Romanian. Okay. Uh, yeah. She kidnapped me to do this show. That is so awesome. Yeah, it's, so it's a thing, guy. apparently. I didn't know. <laughs> no, she's, of course, there's great people in Romania, right? Yes, yes. But, you know, and especially after the Soviet Union broke up, there's a little bit of anarchy in Eastern Europe. Right. Right. And um, some bad guys stepped into that, into the void, as they did in Russia. And, right. And so that, that happens, too. So that's normal. Interesting. Now, look, there's some uh, things online about how, uh, I don't know if it's uncomfortable to ask about it or whatever, oh, but, you, okay, <laughs> no, that uh, you're, you're, you on your left hand, uh, you, you're missing a thing. Okay. <laughs> okay. So did, did, did that happen in Romania? Where did you leave that behind? Oh, there it is. <laughs> oh, wow. And I, I lost it when I was a kid. There was a... I have lots of stories. Would you like the right one? I, 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 there was a <laughs> no, shark, and there was okay. a girl, and there any so many. Right. There's lots of different reasons uh, that I lost the finger. The, the actual one is there was a gun in my house uh, when I was a kid, four mm-hmm. years old, and uh, my sister found it, and she was playing with it. She we had been playing with a cap gun the week before at my grandma's house, and we were like thought it was a cap gun. It was a Dillinger, so it was small, had a pearl handle, and she's trying to shoot me with it, and it won't work. And she's like, it's broke. I'm like, give it here. I'll fix it. She's like, no, no. I'm like, give it here. She won't do it. Finally, I take it from her. She goes, if you don't give it back, I'm telling mama. I'm like, wait. I'm trying to shoot her. Can't shoot her. I'm looking down the barrel. Can't do anything. Finally, she goes, mom, watch her to the gun for me. My mother goes, what gun? She's making breakfast to take me to school. And she get, my sister gets up and runs in the kitchen. I take the latch. I pull it back and pull the trigger. And I 
chew my finger. Oh, wow. Yeah. I was, uh, I was very lucky that that was the only thing that happened to me. Yeah, I mean, imagine if when she was pointing the gun at you or you were pointing the gun at her. Or I was pointing the gun at myself, trying to figure right, out. You right, know, right. Yeah, it's crazy. I, I could have uh, lost my life, but I lost a finger, and it, uh, it's never harmed me from anything except for typing. <laughs> I, I don't type See, very well. <laughs> well, look, that wouldn't have harmed harm me in that sense because I'm still two fingers. Two fingers, there you go, time. exactly. Never learned. Um, I mean, it's the only story where I go, thank God you only lost a finger. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah, exactly, <laughs> right? Like, oh, and, well, that, and that lost finger, finger turns out to be such a great story. It could have been so much worse. Yeah, yeah. Right? And there's, there's nothing that I can't do um, besides type and maybe piano Guitar, it's kind of hard, you know, uh-huh. that kind of thing. But um, overall, it's it's not very noticeable. Most people don't recognize it. Yeah, I, when I first saw I don't you, I didn't it. recognize it. Yeah. yeah, I've known people for years, and they still don't know. Yeah, and now it's, they'll, they'll it's like me. I, I have this giant scar on my forehead, and and people don't notice it until like one day, like twenty years later, they'd be like, "Oh my God, what happened?" <laughs> <laughs> You're like, "Were you an accident like, yesterday?" I was like, "Man, I went to Romania." Yeah. Now, let me tell you, it turns out yeah. to be a bad idea. Mm, careful. Okay, so so that never uh, impeded you. It didn't, you know. And you're, I mean, you did an action role in, in Power Rangers. Yeah. Never an issue. It's never been an issue. I, nobody's ever actually used it. I'm waiting for that day to happen where, uh-huh. you know, they, they use it as a character thing or something. And they're like, okay, we, oh, need, yeah. we need somebody that has four fingers in the left hand. I'm like, I got it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can do that, bro. Right. Got it. How did they long. not use that on the wire? And uh, the, right? Uh, right? Or the shield. or well, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's interesting. Uh, in, in terms of guns then, Mm-hmm. Uh, did that change your view on guns? I mean, you were four. There's no, no view to change, right? <laughs> yeah. But but how do you feel about guns in that regard? Well, I you know Detroit is a place where guns are pretty prevalent, um, and uh, and I grew up around guns. My granddad was an undercover police officer and always had guns, and we saw them. And I think if you teach people uh, how to use them and how to respect them, that you know it's okay to have a gun. I, I own a gun. Own oh, a you do? Yeah, I do. Okay. I have a gun. I have a, like a shotgun and I have a handgun. Damn, um, you're not playing. Okay. Well, I grew up in Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> grew up in so, Detroit, went to Romania. It was once. a beast, you know. So. Like, I, and I, I um, you know, and I, I enjoy shooting. I enjoy, you know, like the marksmanship of it. You know, that's really so. interesting. So it didn't affect you negatively in that no. sense at all. Like, no. I, I mean, with my kids, I'll definitely be different. I will teach my kids. This is a gun. This is a gun that can kill you, and you don't touch it. And this is the way you can tell if the gun is loaded or not. And you know, I'll, I'll teach them everything about it so that they know, you know, to stay away from it and that it's dangerous and that it's you know it can, it's harmful. And I'll keep it locked away where they can't find it anyway. You know, right, where right. they can't get to it. Yeah, was that your mom's gun? I don't know. It's in the house. It was a gun that was in the house that I, uh, my mom apparently had. Yeah. So. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, last couple of things then. Um, in terms of, uh, of, of Power Rangers, yeah. is it like Star Trek in that there's, is there like a cult kind of following? Do you still go to conventions and people want autographs? Is that still happening? Is it similar? Is it the same? It, it is actually very similar, uh, which I didn't expect. I, I didn't expect us to have this cult following, but I, I do maybe 20 Comic-Cons a year at this point, 
all wow. over the world. Yeah, from uh, I didn't know there were twenty comic cons. Yeah, I mean, well, San Diego is the one that most people know about, but they they become very popular. They're all over the world. People mm-hmm. have them uh, in all their cities: uh, San Antonio, New York. You know, I just came from Winnipeg, Canada. I was there this weekend. Two weekends ago, I was in uh, Edmonton, and I was in Australia last year. And you, know, you know, so. Uh, I go there, and, and there are a lot of people there. Like my, you know, the people that are sitting next to me are, are people from Star Trek or Star Wars or Henry Winkler. I was uh, oh, really? signing right next to Henry, Henry Winkler. In fact, I'll, I'll be doing a con with him this weekend in Rhode Island. And uh, yeah. so, what, Because of the Fonz? Because of the Fonz and, and, and the, his directorial stuff. So, so That's so interesting. You know that uh, we're coming full circle here. The very first celebrity guest we ever had on uh, was Henry Winkler. Is that right? Yeah. I He's mean, a great guy. Very nice. Very oh, nice. super oh. nice guy. He came in and we were nobodies. We were just like a rinky-dink radio <laughs> show. We barely started and we were in D.C. and then he happened to be there. And he came and sat with us for like an hour and told us his whole life story. We're like, yay! Yeah, he's an amazing guy. Very, very kind. Very nice. He At the con, he stands up in front of the table the entire time. People just walk up to him. He talks to them. He signs autographs. And, uh, you know, he's, he's a great guy. So are you, you are you it sounds like you're leading a surreal life in a sense where you're going to these uh, comic cons all across the world and you know you're hanging out with Worf and <laughs> you know and Deanna Troy yeah. has it become a thing are you guys like all drinking buddies like well, almost I mean, like we, the Star Wars bar <laughs> Star Wars bar exactly <laughs> but it's it's interesting some of the stories you hear cuz we all have our different tales and our different adventures i think the the primary difference between all of us uh, or uh, Myself and them is financially, I never got the gains that they, they got. You know, right. I didn't have a show that, that paid me well. So, you know, it was like I didn't get to, to take that and reinvest it in homes or businesses or whatever from Power Rangers, you know. But, uh, you know, we are, uh, we're, we're there together. We're, we got lines of people lining up for autographs and pictures, and, uh, and I sign as many as they do sometimes. So, yeah, yeah, that makes amazing. sense. But yeah. Shatner has to buy all the drinks, right? Well, yeah, yeah. He, I never see him, but I'm, I'm sure. And, and he doesn't party, so not with us. So okay. It's okay. Speaking of which, uh, so you're going to be in a Star Trek movie coming up. But yes. w- what kind of Star Trek movie? It is. A, it's a fan funded film. Star uh-huh. Trek Captain Pike uh, is basically um, the story of Captain Pike, who was the captain before James Kirk, and uh-huh. uh, he was the captain of the Enterprise and. Uh, and some of the adventures he deals with. I play a character named uh, Commander Sean Devon. I am the captain of the USS Exeter. And uh, it's, it's a cool project. I'm excited to be part of that franchise as well because it's like I grew up watching Star Trek yep. and, and admiring that and wanting to be, you know, a space commandeer and, you know, traveling this traveling space. And, and I had a touch of that with Space Cases, my Nickelodeon show, but to, for it to actually be Star Trek is uh, very exciting. No, that's super neat. Yeah, I, I grew up watching Star Trek too, all the way back when I was in Turkey. Yeah. And my one of my original co-hosts was Jill Pike, whose father uh, greenlighted uh, Star Trek: The Next Generation at Paramount. Really? Ah. Yeah. So was Captain Pike named after him? No. No. Okay, that would have been a cooler story. I also cool, talked right? to him for about an yeah. hour. But <laughs> but so yeah, much love for the Star Trek community at, at the Young Turks. All right, fascinating conversation. Really, really interesting. Obviously, good luck with everything going forward. Thank you. And thank you for sharing your story with us. I enjoy myself, man. I'd love to be here. Thank you so much. All right, Walter Jones, everybody.